broadcasting live weekday morning this is listener supported one radio network yeah bet your booties baby good morning this is one radio network.com i haven't heard her for a while we should play more of her promos good morning it is the 22nd of march and i think yesterday was yesterday the first day of spring adam shake your head yes or no you would you wouldn't know it. It rained oh, here. Rained it was really dark. That voice you hear in the background is Adam Bergstrom of Yes, No, Maybe, Chronobotic Nutrition, and SolarTummy.com, and you will meet him in just a moment. Now, our phone lines, they called me yesterday. They're going to be repaired this morning. I'm so excited. So by Friday, I think we'll have a way to call and uh, chat it up. But today, for Adam, you want to do the email thing. Patrick at one radio network.com Patrick at one radio network.com is our email address it's about 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning Adam Bergstrom is here on the first Monday and the third Wednesday and we've called it Adam 2.0 not very creative but we do and the reason we have Adam on twice a month he's the only person we have on twice a month because he's one of the more eclectic dudes that I know on the planet. I mean, he's got a head about 112 jobs, six or seven wives, I don't know, I, I lost count, and uh, and uh, is a massive researcher and finds all kinds of stuff that you don't even think about. And he had a has or had or has a, a spiritual uh, teacher, uh, Don O'Leary, who was obviously a God-realized man with the stuff he used to do. And uh, Adam... Um, got into chronobiotic nutrition, wrote a book called, co-authored a book called Yes, No, Maybe Chronobiotic Nutrition. Uh, he's one of my best friends. He was the first show that we did March 6, 2008, 15 years ago. And, and he doesn't look a day older than that. So whatever he's doing, um, you probably have raspberries in the morning or something. That's what it is, Adam Bergstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. Yeah, nice to have you here. Adam and I get along great. We don't agree on everything, but nobody does. I was thinking about that this morning. You know, opinions about stuff are, is like belly buttons. You know, everybody has one, and they're all different. And and I was telling you, we were musing before we went on the air, is I said something like, Adam, I don't know anything anymore. I'm getting to the point where I don't know anything for sure you know, except my relationship with, with God. Other than that, that's the only thing I'm sure about, you know, uh, because it's bonkers out there. You, you don't know what to believe. You don't know what to believe. As far as, no. you right? You're actually better off in our military uh, medical police state yeah. to, uh, if you do everything backwards from their advice, you'll, you won't be guaranteed, but you'll do better Pretty than close, you will if right. you follow their advice. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Everything from COVID to uh, to all of the things oh. they say are good for you, mm -hmm. but they're not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. All it's funny too. All of these different uh, bills they put forth in Congress, you know, those are hilarious. Remember when Andrew used to talk about they would do the bank secrecy bill. Or they would do, you know, whatever. They would, <laughs> and it would always be the opposite. And, you know, it would be a bill that would give them more uh, access to your information and stuff, you know. 
back in the day, I used to call him a lot to the Jim Hightower show when he was going. Oh, I remember when he him. Was going out of there, out of Austin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I told him that there was a a de facto uh, monopoly in shipping where company they had the shipping improvement bill. And what was the improvement? The improvement was you couldn't know who was joining together. Like Kodak could be with Monsanto and they could be as de facto companies. He didn't believe me. But then I got a postcard about a a month later saying, you were right. Can you uh, come on and tell us about it? Oh, did you go on a show? Yeah, I've been, yeah, well, phoning. I actually was on live. Carol Crosby, our friend Carol Crosby, uh, we were driving in Austin, and I said, wow, that's where Jim Hightower does his show. She did a U-turn. Let's go in and see what's happening. And it happened to be that the show was on. So at that time, I had a shaved head and was looking kind of different. So (laughs) the chocolatier, I forget her name, comes down and said, would you like to be on the show? I said, sure. Sure, So we talked about body language and Bill Clinton's uh, rubbing his nose, showing that he was lying, things like that. Uh, Hightower renamed it the Pinocchio effect. And uh, after that, I started calling in regularly, (laughs) actually twice a week. (laughs) Really? Adam's talking about Jim Hightower. Uh, I lived in Austin when he was there. He was, I think, the Secretary of Agriculture. A very cool guy. He wasn't into chemicals and stuff, and and uh, they they ran him out of out of office at, at, at finally, you know, because they they didn't like him. He was a, he was a real <laughs> contrarian guy, and uh, I wonder if he's still around. I don't know. I think he is, but now he's on the other side. He's probably pro vaccine and everything. All of my heroes have gone down the tube. Have all your heroes gone about, gone uh, to Provax? Really? Oh yeah, even the uh, uh, boy who you were talking about with Doctor Massey. You know, he's, oh, he's pro. Is he a Vax guy? Yeah, he's been a long time hero of me. Until, me too. Until he started doing that. I love that video that he that he we put up. A good friend of mine sent me the video and. It was really cool. A lot of stuff that Dr. Massey talks about in trauma and, you know, bringing it to the surface and out of the subconscious. I thought it was great. But he's a he's a vax dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. So many people, so many people that I liked, you know, uh, and even a lot of movie stars. I still like their acting like Leonardo DiCaprio can't be beat. But look at that guy. <laughs> he should be in prison, I think. <laughs> Oh, uh, but they should let him out to do movies. That's all I'll say. That's right. Um, I'm still watching Russian TV series. I'm on episode (laughs) 42. That's uh, how many hours is that? An hour an episode? 42 hours. 42 hours. Uh, I'm on episode 42 of Anna the Detective, a supernatural uh, psychic who sees dead people. Oh, cool. It's It's good. It's a great series, yeah. What, and I'm, what's the name of it? That. I'm going to check it out. What's the name of it? Anna the Detective. Anna the Detective. And where do you see it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, but the best thing, you can get it in 12-hour chunks. Okay. And I'll send you it under the title. Let's see if I can find it really quickly here on this other computer. It's called The Pursuit of the Mysterious Murderer. Oh. Detective Anna I'm on part three, the 12-hour chunks of it. (laughs) 
And it's really, really, you know, they, they, I tell you, the Russians really know how to make television. Really? I, I, I don't care for American shows. They're, you can, t I can tell them right away. Sometimes I'll see a movie that's about, about Russia and right. it looks like it's a Russian movie. And within three minutes, I can tell it's not a Russian movie. It's a fake. Well, you know, it's, it's so made interesting. By Americans. You, you mentioned that. So are the, the, is the film community pretty cool? The, the films as well, the feature films, or is it just the television? The feature films are great. I, I've seen a few lousy ones, but compared to American movies where you have to really weed through them, right. they really do get. And, and the television and the movies, too. Yeah, really great. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, by the uh, way, we're uh, talking with Adam Bergstrom. If you'd like to join us, just email Patrick on Radio Network. I've actually thought, this is crazy, but I've actually thought about moving there. I mean, I think Putin is one of the smartest guys out there. I listen to some of the stuff. I mean, I like him. I, you know, I mean, they're all crooks. You know, they're all... They're all control freaks, so I mean, I'm not saying that he's a saint or anything, but, but you know, look at the people we've got here that we're dealing with. You know, come on, it's, it's gotten really bad. <laughs> it's just, yeah, where, where you where you look at Putin as a hero. It's well, yeah, he's really like he's like on. like I say, he's like the good guy in the movie, you know, in this movie, uh, and I think no. Well, no GMO, no, 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 no GMO, grooming. and <laughs> and no grooming guy. So he's not woke. He's probably the most unwoke guy out there. And he and she, uh, they're meeting right now. You know, with China, Xi Jinping guy. And uh, I heard the speech that Putin did at the World Economic Forum, and he t he literally told Klaus and the boys, "And you guys are crazy. We're not doing this fourth <laughs> industrial revolution. You all are bonkers." You know. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, Russia might be fun um, if you could find a place that wasn't four degrees below zero. Do they have any warm weather? You know, it's the largest country of the world. It's bigger than China. I didn't know that. Russia, huge, huge area, and they do have warm weather down by the Black Sea. Do they? Hmm. Well, we should go yeah, visit. Yeah, but beach communities—it's pretty much. Uh, rocks at the beach and things like right. that but right. uh stalin used to go down and and uh vacation there all the time and a lot of them do they go down to the black sea what what country is the warmest it gets what country borders it down there in the black sea do you know yeah actually ukraine is right against ukraine. it too they're yeah. arguing about the black sea there oh yeah uh, i read where is it uh go ahead I'm trying to think of the, the country that begins with an M. It's a little country, vibrant cow. Moldova. Moldova. Yeah, Moldova or Moldova? Yeah. Yeah, Moldova. It's a beautiful area in that geography. part of the world. You know, the East European is really, really beautiful. Really. Phew, man. It's a pretty country there. Oh. And I've seen a lot of it in the movies now. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Plus, it's really strange that uh, the uh, YouTube is actually running a history of russia helping us during world war ii and amazingly russia claims that we didn't win the war by dropping the bombs on japan they won it by uh actually stopping the supply in uh in china that was feeding that the economic source of their uh food and supplies from china oh china was was giving uh germany Supplies? Well, right. 
Well, no. no, actually, actually, actually uh, Japan oh, had Japan. conquered a large part of China. Okay, and and they they were getting their the Japanese are trapped on an island. You know, oh, I see. The Japanese, New Zealand, the Japanese connection. Yeah. Yep. And they didn't know how to run an economy. The only country that ever ran an economy by themselves is Haiti. And when the when when <laughs> Napoleon sure. sent troops off to conquer New Orleans, he said, "Could you stop off and just take care of that little rebellion in Haiti?" Well, the Haitian slaves destroyed the French troops, wow. <laughs> whether they used voodoo or pickaxes or whatever the heck they used. They destroyed it. So they had to go back to France, save the United States. Well, the United States, even Thomas Jefferson, who really wanted a revolution around the world, mm -hmm. he wanted democracy for the entire world. But he was, he was also a racist. He didn't want blacks doing it. And... They figured, well, the blacks will not be able to trade. They won't be able to survive. Right. And they did perfectly. They said, we don't need international trade. We can do this ourselves. Well, that was so embarrassing that the United States has invaded Haiti, I don't know, a dozen times since uh, well, the 1880s. Well, and then the Clinton, Clintons went down there and stole all the money that they... they, they, <laughs> they well, that they, definitely that they, that they collected, right? There was this huge... Millions of dollars were sent down there after the, what was it, hurricane or whatever it was, and then the Clintons stole it all. They just, I, I saw videos, and the head dude at Haiti was on, on record saying that they took all the money. That's what happens when you when you have the government raising money. Guess where it goes? Yeah, Same with Ukraine now. Yeah, look where's where, the money going? Have you seen some of the stories about about Zelensky buying his his family these million dollar homes and yachts and. I believe he's in Florida too. Oh, he's in Florida. Oh, good. Yeah, he's, I think he's got he's got property there too. Amazing man. You know, I I wanted to ask you about that because you you wax philosophically about how you think DeSantis is a global eye, but Adam, all the stuff he talks about, and he sounds like he's really cool, and he's doing things. He kicked Disney out. He's kicking the the, the trans stuff out of schools and stuff. So I don't. Why do you say that he's a he's a he's a bad dude? Uh, Florida is, is a globalist state, the most, and they brag about it. Uh, what DeSantis is, though, right now, if you, uh, what's his name, Gerald Skousen? Skousen, Joel Skousen, Joel Skousen, right. Joel Skousen. Yeah. Joel Skousen says you have to go with the time. And right now, Florida, if you're a traveler, now's the time to be there. But if you make plans to stay there a long time, you're in for a big surprise. Florida was one of the worst states you could be. Uh, when I went down there in 1980 and went to Key West, you had to, if you slept on the beach or you lay down at the beach after swimming, you had to have a shirt on as a male. But it's you not like that now. They're, they're not, they're opposite of woke now, aren't they? Everything I've seen in the news. Uh, not really. What? Not really. There's too many other forces there against DeSantis. DeSantis is the guy with the finger in the dike <laughs> at this point. Oh, I see. So he may be a good dude, but there, you say that, and you get this, you got this from Skousen? There's a bunch, no, from other sources too. Really? Uh, wow. They, but Skousen basically says there's only two ways out of Florida. And if you remember, uh, Rick DeSantis 
was the roughest on closing down Florida and for COVID and all the COVID things at the beginning. Then he realized politically, yeah, he, all of these guys are interested in themselves. He cleaned up. But right quick. now, yeah. this is the time to hang out in Florida. And certainly a year ago when you didn't have to wear masks and all these other things. And he's been really good about that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things he's not good about. And I think it's unfair that that he is supposed to bail out or or protect Trump from getting arrested now, you know, by calling out the, the uh, military or whatever, or his state mili- militia to uh keep him from getting arrested i mean after uh trump has called him ron de sanctimonious and all kinds of names i I think uh, but basically uh go ahead no go ahead i was just going to say that trump could be elected now by being uh he he now is the victim and of course you saw the films of what really went on in uh at the capitol Yeah, they were escorting them in. <laughs> yeah, say what you will about Trump, and he, you know, he's a, he's a rascal, and he did the warp speed, but but they they've been kind of piling in on him for forever, right? The whole Russian thing, and the January sixth, and and now this, and he claims he never even knew this woman. Do you think they, the whole thing was made up? Jeez. Well, I think I think he's a womanizer. But oh, of course. look at Kennedy. Kennedy should have been. Kennedy was with underage women. He was. He. Some people say he had ten thousand women, and while in the White House, they were sneaking in through the tunnel. He wasn't in there long enough to have ten thousand. You'd have to have. You'd have to have ten a day. Come on, ten thousand. Oh, he started young. He <laughs> started after his his father was having sex with a, a movie actress, a famous movie actress who wrote the co-wrote the Sugar Book. What was her name? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. I know. You mean... Uh, but but anyway, he snuck aboard the yacht, and then he saw <laughs> them doing it, and he jumped overboard. So Joe had to jump in the water and save his life. Yeah, but yeah. after that, he became a womanizer in Hollywood. Before he got elected... Another famous movie movie star, his name escapes me right now, and I haven't seen the documentary since it was taken off TV, but they had a line of women waiting for both of them to have sex with them. And really? the actor was complaining. They wanted him more than me. Really? Yeah, and, and up in Reno, I, I mean, there was just, uh, he, he was hiring prostitutes with his father together. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, you're really shattering Actually, my image of JFK. You hope you know that, you know. <laughs> well, he was a womanizer. He did a lot of other things, uh, yeah, right? Good, he did not stuff. do a lot of things. He uh, had the head of uh, the leader of South Vietnam assassinated, and he was a friend of his. Hmm. He believed in uh, what do you call it? Uh, you got to uh, to make an omelet. You got to crack a few eggs. So that's what they believe at that high levels. Putin's had people uh, assassinated oh, yeah. through the Bi- Wagner Group. Oh yeah, and uh, but at this at this time, he's the best. Of, he's the best you're going to get in the world. Like Andrew said, go to he, global leaders. Yeah, like Andrew said, they had the cleanest, dirty shirt, right? I mean, if you you stack them all up, and you had to pick one, because you just had to, right? There was a law or something. I would pick him, you know, <laughs> if you had to. You know what I mean? If, I'd, <laughs> I'd pick Putin. I'd have dinner with him. Yeah, me <laughs> he too. invited me. <laughs> me too. Oh God! You know Ukraine has yeah, it's a strange three, world. Yeah, Ukraine has three hundred and fifty miles of border with Russia. That's that's amazing. That's a no wonder he didn't want uh, um, NATO in Ukraine. I mean, 
if I was Russia, would you want these guys to have rockets on 350 miles of your of your country right across the border? No way, man. No way. No way. And man, look what happened when the Russians brought missiles into Cuba, sure. which is further away. Yeah, sure. There's no touching border with uh, with uh, Cuba. Yeah, if we if if right now they brought in uh, missiles in Cuba again, we'd be up in arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, back to the Russia. Uh, Richard Mayberry writes in his book World War Two: The Rest of the Story. He has a whole series on history and uh, Middle East, Hundred Year War in the Middle East. It's really a good book. He he says that Russia had Hitler dead in the water in the middle of winter and where they had no oil and their tanks wouldn't go and they didn't have gas. And the whole thing was over by the time the United States even went in there. We just went in to, you know, make like we were the big heroes and, and uh, you know. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, they, they're really good at leading people in. This time they didn't do that strategy. They, 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 they forgot the fuel for their tanks when they came into Ukraine, and then they forgot the food and had to go back twice. So they, were, they started off pretty poorly for whatever reason. Uh, they're good at a lot of things. If nuclear war comes, I was, I'd be afraid to go against them then. But so far, they've been really, really poorly, uh, poor military uh, strategy that they've pulled off. But before, they used to lure people in, and then when they got them in far enough, and they had no supplies and everything, then they would attack. Mm-hmm. And it and the Russians have a uh, almost like a Japanese mentality. They don't care about dying. They send their troops in, and they go behind them and say, "If you turn around, we shoot you." So go and attack. <laughs> I hate it with and that. So that and they win. They have masses of people in Russia. They they just sacrifice about a million, which is what some uh, commentators think is going to happen now. They're going to come into Ukraine and just sacrifice a whole bunch of another million troops and win again. And, t- and take over the They've whole thing. They've done it since uh, 1100. I think it's the first time the Battle of the Ice occurred wow. where they tricked them. The Germans came over, the Huns at that point, came over in armor. And they tricked them to escape over an ice lake and the ice broke. Mm. And all the armor, they sank to the bottom like rocks. Mm. Now, is it true, I believe, that that Russia lost about 50, was it 50,000 50, or million? How many people in, in World War II uh, that Hitler Millions. killed? Millions. Million that Hitler killed. Millions, mm. many more than Americans. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. It was a, it, when Hitler attacked, they broke a treaty. They had a treaty and they just attacked. Stalin was caught by surprise. So they just invaded. And at first, it looked like they had taken over Russia. They believed they had won Russia. They killed people. They piled them into buildings and burned them alive. Many people. I, I mean, millions of people they killed. Hitler and did? And finally... Hitler, uh, Hitler did? Hitler did. Hmm. Yeah, the troops were in there. There's a great World War II movie made by Russia that I should send you. You should see this movie because it's one of the best movies ever made. Really? Again, by a Russian. Oh, please. Send I was... It to me. Yeah turned on to, to it by a friend that I, I'd missed that one and it, you just have to see it to believe it really? and it was uh, based on 
roughly based on truth and showed what really went on there. And it starts off kind of innocently, but then you, you're going to have to see it to believe it yourself. I watched, uh, we're with Adam Bergstrom. Uh, join us on email if you'd like. I watched a, a movie a few weeks ago that I heard about, All Quiet on the Western Front. And it's uh, from World War One. Man, wow. It's amazing. If you get a chance to find that and watch it, Adam, it's just really, it's almost, it's just almost surreal the way they did the thing, but it was so realistic. And there wasn't a lot of dialogue and there wasn't a lot of story, but it was just about these guys and what they went through, you know, killing killing each other. <clears throat> Man. I read the book in high school. Did you? And do you know, it got so bad, those trenches were so full of mud yeah. and slime and blood and feces. And rats. That people yeah. sunk in it and drowned like in quicksand. Wow. I mean, it was one of the glorious, bloodiest wars you could ever and imagine. Who, Even the Second World War wasn't as bloody as that one. In All Quiet in the Western Front, who were the, who were, who were the two forces against each other? Well, basically, it was the, the German Empire at that point, okay. which, uh, who else was involved? Uh, the Turks, I believe, mm -hmm. the Turks. In fact, the Turks uh, had the, the largest, uh, they killed more New Zealanders than in any other war, because they sent New Zealand there, and they figured, out ah, the Turks are going to be easy to beat. Well, when they came on the beach, they got in quite a surprise, killed uh, many more than happened in World War II, even. It was a very bloody war, and really? uh, it, I mean, it, what the people went through and the massacres and things, uh, yeah, it was mm. really bad. Mm. And at that point, I really believed the Germans at that time were the good guys. If you look at what was going on and who was being the aggressor at that time, it was mostly coming out of Europe and the United States. Yeah. yeah. Trying to at that time, the, the, the Turks and... Yeah, no. the Second World War totally reversed, but basically we created it, and even even Hitler was being financed by uh, by Washington too. Yeah, a I, lot of that was I've going heard. on the Rockefellers. All that story's been told before. Well, the only thing new in this IBM world, IBM made the uh, the stuff for the concentration camps. You know, they they made the kidding. computers for and the concentration camps. Wasn't Henry Ford involved with the? Hitler's tanks as well. It, they, the United States was uh, was instructed do not bomb any Ford plants in in Germany. Really, they were totally safe. Not a single Ford plant got because they were friends. Hitler and Ford were buddies. He wrote uh, he wrote a book about uh, the Jews, an anti-Semitic uh, book, which was. Uh, mostly false hmm. you know the Zionists don't run this country otherwise we'd be putting our hand on a Talmud when you went to court not a Bible <laughs> I see yeah people claim Henry Ford on one end was a pretty cool guy because he was very outspoken about the Federal Reserve and the banking uh, in that regard he was really cool I, matter of fact the the first quote on the screen of my screenplay is from Henry Ford and I, I don't know it word for word, but it's something like if Americans knew, understood the banking system, there would be revolution in the morning, Henry Ford, 19-something. So he was... When it came to money, he understood that, he but understood he was a, a, a staunch eugenicist. Oh, really? And, and against 
other people of color, including Italians. And, oh, good. Well, I, I might take the that Italians quote were considered <laughs> Actually, in the eugenicist model, the Middle Easterners did better than the Italians, the Spaniards, the Mexicans, the blacks, the uh, Indians, all of those. Hmm. Indians were considered black. So they used the N-word if an Indian came to the United States. So in your research, there's always been a group of people or that thought that there were too many people and wanted to kill everybody? Yep. Always. That's why my hero is the Doomslayer, Julian Simon. People don't talk about him today. Julian he had, Simon. He made, the, he made the famous bet with Paul Ehrlich that, the, uh, that we would run out of medals and stuff. And Ehrlich paid up, but you don't hear about that much. He he was for uh, reduced population till one day he was at the war memorial at Ima, Iwo Jima, and he realized that if those people had lived, we would have more creativity, more people to make us creative, because human beings are creative. If Right now, if you got rid of oil and everything else, we'd be on solar power or some kind of power, zero-point energy. So he had that realization and then started saying, we need more people. We need more, more breeding. And whether people realize it or not, right now, China is going to go down the tube because they don't have the people to manufacture anymore. They're in a population crisis yeah, by doing their one thing yeah. they're in population but they're changing the one, and most, one child thing aren't they changing that oh they, they have okay. to change it they're desperate look at japan now they're begging people to have families yeah. and people don't want to do it because in these uncertain times don't you feel like you're in an extended saturday night live episode pretty much like yeah. this is all <laughs> i mean you can't parody it anymore it gets so ridiculous yeah, the whole thing on global climate and the the tide is rising here people are afraid they have committees about the beach rising it hasn't risen in 50 years since i've been here i got to carpinteria and it's the same beach at the end of uh at, at the end of uh, linden lane in uh, uh in carpinteria Right down there where I used to work out at the rings and things like that and be at the beach regularly. Yeah. I, one time I went in 86 days in a row. <laughs> early, it was also early on predicting that this, the whole earth was going to explode because of global warming long ago, right? He was. So the eugenicists must be holding hands with the, with the Green New Deal dudes. Same, same crowd. They are now. Yeah. They are now. The whole thing started at Agenda 21 in 1990. And actually, actually, it started during the Truman administration. The, the New World Order began in 1945 uh, under the Truman administration. All the world global things, mm. uh, the, uh, the creation of Israel as a state, and all of that was done uh, in 1945. So why do people... And all the global agencies. Why do people run with this whole Zionist Israel that they're the they're the real boogeyman at the top thing. I've never understood that. Well, I, it's the banking thing, the Jewish banking thing in Hollywood and, and all of that. They need fall guys. Hmm. See, why did Hollywood start in the first place? They were driven out of New York and New Jersey. That was the center of movie making. Sure. But Edison came and said, you can't compete with us. We'll drive you out of business. 
and will will definitely drive you out of business. So where did they go? They decided to go to Arizona. When they got to Arizona, there was a snowstorm and there was a bunch of uh, a range war going on. And they said, you know, uh, Flagstaff and Sedona isn't going to work. Though some people did stop there. Movies were made there. You'll see a John Wayne movie with coffee pot rock in the background. <laughs> but they said, well, let's go on to, there's a place called Hollywood. So Hollywood was the only place, it was a Jewish ghetto. If you went into L.A., the Ku Klux Klan was so strong, they would kill you. You were not allowed in Beverly Hills. No Jew was allowed there. And so they made a little ghetto called Hollywood, and they made their own movies. Well, they became very successful. And finally, during the Truman administration, they destroyed the Jewish control of Hollywood, which was already under the control of the mafia, the Chicago mob, uh, by basically, you can't own movie theaters and make movies together. And they broke up the so-called monopoly. And since then, uh, Hollywood has been totally under the control of the mafia until now the Chinese practically own Hollywood. Grauman's Chinese was not started by the Chinese, but now it's owned by the Chinese. It's got a high-tech basement in it now, and God knows what's in that basement. And so the Jewish connection, Hollywood, how did that all come about? It was a ghetto. They just went in there and started making movies with Buster Keaton and a bunch of uh, people. They brought in, in non-Jews, obviously. And but, it, but Disney was prejudiced, too. He wouldn't be in the part of Hollywood. He went to East Hollywood and kept his studio clear because he was a clear anti-Semite. <laughs> As Groucho Marx said, they wouldn't let him in the country car, uh, club, so he said, uh, I wouldn't uh, be a member of... Uh, a club that would invite me That's in right. anyway, That's something right. like that. No, I've something heard like, you use that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, something like I wouldn't, I don't want to uh, belong to any club that would allow me to be a member. Or something like that. That's the one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Man, if you let me in, I, I don't know. I don't think I want to join. You know, you guys can't be too See, I, I'm a Marxist, a Marx brotherist. <laughs> they, they were great comedians, the whole, oh, whole family. Yeah, what a trip. I love Groucho Marx. I used to watch him when we were kids. Uh, you Bet Your Life, remember? Yeah. Was, Amazingly talented guy. Yeah, his old movies, I've seen them all. And they, then I love Buster Keaton, who, by the way, Buster Keaton's father did the ultimate thing that people should do when the truant officer comes to school. He kicked him in the head and knocked him out. <laughs> really? But finally, they caught Buster Keaton, and they sent him to school. Hmm. And the school expelled him on the first day and said, don't come back. <laughs> Crazy amazing. Well, it's a Wednesday morning with Adam Bergstrom 2.0. If you have uh, 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 questions, comments, come in. Patrick, One Radio Network. Uh, oh, our friend Carol, Sugar Blues, Gloria Swanson, and Patrick Duffy. Thanks, Carol. Thank you, Carol. I remember that book. I remember that book, Sugar Blues. I read it. Yeah, I read it. Obviously, you didn't listen to it because you, 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 you eat all the sugar you want. Guess what I did Saturday? What? I bought seventy pounds, seventy pounds of white sugar. Unbelievable! <laughs> and what do you do with all that sugar? Eat it. <laughs> Why? But, but we're stocked up. See, 
because <laughs> of the regular weather here, Vibrant Gal and I have not missed a day at the farmer's market it, one week for years, day, just about a decade, except when we went to New Zealand for three months. But now, because we did the elemental song and it's raining and raining and raining, we're going to miss our fifth Saturday oh. uh, it, it, or our fifth day at, at the market in a in uh in so many months since it's been raining so much you know our patio is almost flooded over we we've been officially evacuated from here three times and we stayed we're in a kind of a place where the water runs around us mm -hmm. so pretty much we're safe from disaster no big boulders are going to roll down on us but you saw the video with ellen screaming about uh, this creek has never been full never we got to do something got to do something <laughs> No. We got to get rid of our cars and everything. Meanwhile, she's got a car collection equivalent to Jay Leno and drives around in all these really expensive cars and flies around to Africa and every place in jets. And they want us to be in a 10 minute city or 15 minute city. He, he bugs, 10 minute right? cities in Pflugerville. <laughs> Pflugerville, Texas? Yeah. If you look up any city, put sustainability, and you'll find stuff about 10-minute cities, 15-minute cities. They're all over the place. Boy, I, I, I live in another world out here in Dripping Springs. I, and Pflugerville's not that far from me, right? Maybe 50 miles or so? Yeah, I checked Dripping Springs. You don't have any mixed uh, communities, any sustainable communities yet in Dripping Springs. Good. But it's in Pflugerville, and you can look at all the other small towns. I haven't checked uh, uh, Carol Crosby's uh, Brennan yet to see if it's mm. there, but I'll bet it's there too. I should start going Certainly to the, the big ones. I should start going to the city council meetings here in Dripping Springs just to see what they're up to. Maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> see if they're getting woke, wokey. They could be. They're pretty conservative out here. Uh, you know, a lot of guns and uh, more conservative people. So maybe they won't get all woked up here. I don't know. They're particularly doing states like Wyoming. They're doing these states, and they're driving the cattle people off their right. uh, off their land. There, look at uh, Washington. I think I was talking about that last week. That grizzlies are not allowed to be imported into Washington, but the federal government overruled them and said, "Nope, we need wilding." So the grizzlies are there. One grizzly traveled a thousand miles in a season. <laughs> And they don't care if they eat people. People are expendable. But, oh, no, save those grizzlies save those and grizzlies. save those eagles and save those owls. Someone sent me a video, and these people, I think it was in some state park or something, and they, they this grizzly came walking down the road, and these people were taught to just stay still. That's what they tell you to do. Now, I don't know if I could do that. And this grizzly was huge, and he just jumped up, you know, like this, and he had his his face like right next to this woman, and she had a hard time staying still, but she did. But he eventually just there were three ladies. He eventually just went away. I mean, he just eventually lost interest. Wow, man! She was lucky because bears are like people. Sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah, sometimes they, they don't. don't. You don't ever know. I wonder what that. But I will tell you how. Hilarious story. I used to go camping on the other side of Yosemite, 
because when you got out of the park, it was cheaper, five bucks a night. We met a couple there that were regulars. They came up for months at a time. It got a carpet out of the the dump and really made their little mobile home uh, look really cool. But they told me there was a lady staying there that went out to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, bumped into a bear, and she was told, stand still like that. The bear put one paw on her shoulder oh. and put a, bear, a another paw on the shoulder and oh. stared her in the eyes oh. for what the woman said was like eternity. She had no idea how long it was. Took the paws off and walked off. <laughs> wow. And she said she never went out to the bathroom at no, night again I'm not after gonna that. do that one. Sometime. And these same bears that were in there, the, the people we talked to, came and unscrewed the bottle of a one of these big bottles of hot sauce and drank it down and walked off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be a bear with diarrhea. Probably a very mean bear. Sometimes I put my nose right up against Doodle's nose, just, you know, like, let me get on the shop here. So I just go and put her nose right there and she'll just, she'll just, and I just wait to see who, who, who moves first. Generally, she does. Generally, if I just stay there, generally she will, you know, even two minutes, and then she'll lick. And, you know, then she'll lick my nose. <laughs> She's great. We're going to take a little break here and uh, talk about a couple products. Uh, Adam, stay right there. Adam Bergstrom, and when we come back, we're going to tell you all, all the things that he's up to about his websites and where you can get his books his ebooks and and all those things and we'll tell you all about uh, Adam Bergstrom and his material when we when we come back we're kind of moving into a new strata here on one radio network uh, short story two three four months ago we start uh, losing sales pretty it was pretty dramatic just well maybe four months and five months ago and it just kind of goes just to sales not the listeners, but just the sales. Listeners been steady. Um, you know, you can conjecture till the cows come home of why that is. You know, people don't like our products anymore. Or they don't have the money, or who knows? They don't need the product. Who knows? I don't know. There's no way of knowing. So we raised a few bucks, and thank you all for doing that. That is keeping me going for a few months while we decide what we're going to do. But I think where we're heading, we're going to be asking you, consumers of this uh, network, of all of our 15 years of audio files and video files on BitChute, to, to step up and uh, send us some money every month. We're not going to charge. We're not going to have you log in. It's not going to be mandatory. But we really believe that, and, and more people are doing this, that we need to support people that are doing things that we enjoy and we we get benefit from because if not you know it's just like the old idea of uh, I think there's countries like is it Ireland that actually supports artists so they can be artists that kind of thing I don't like the idea of the government getting involved but you know they do that with national public television and radio and that's a disaster so anytime they get involved but so we're going to ask you, and we are asking you, if you really like what I'm doing here, if you like the shows, you like the guests, you enjoy the 
the uh, the talks that we do on staying younger, longer, healthier, when I'm just one-on-one, and you get benefit from it, the spiritual stuff, well, send us a few bucks every month. You can go on our website, hit the donation tab, very easy to do, 10, 20, whatever you want, any amount you want, um, and just sign up and, you know, it's like going to Starbucks one time and, you know, that's 20 bucks right there, two or three people at Starbucks. Uh, you give them a little tip and have a scone or something. So uh, that's what we'd like you to do and we're going to see if we can change our model a bit and not depend so much on you buying products but get sustainable with just supporting um, what you use and what you like, which is, it's, it's you know, energetically, it's important to do that. There's no free lunch, you know. I won't lecture on you on that, but there just isn't. I mean, you think there is, but there's not. So, and I do. There's a few people out. Um, so you should do that if you like Adam's stuff and his books. Is buy some things from him, or donate. Uh, and uh, I do it with folks, uh, Dr. Bailey, Tom Luongo. I like his stuff. A couple other people that we send a few dollars a month to. Tom, uh, Tom Cowan. I support the people that I that I uh, enjoy. So do that if you like. Or not. So that's my little treatsy tale, tale there. Um, but products we still promote and uh, we need to because we do get benefit from them and and uh, make some uh, um, dollars that we use for to keep everything going. Um, we have about a thousand a month just in expenses for the for the show. Thousand a month just just for expenses, internet and all that stuff and the servers and. Um, whatever. So anyway, this is uh, this is on sale uh, right now. Fifteen percent. If you want to get one, now's the time to do it. Fifteen percent promo code one radio. The slide says ten percent, but uh, it's fifteen percent right now. I don't believe I've heard such a concise, clear explanation of what EMFs could possibly do to the body than recently with Dr. Lee Cowden. Now, electromagnetic fields are multiply problematic because the electromagnetic fields will disrupt the membrane barriers. So it disrupts the gut barrier and allows more toxins to get from the gut into the bloodstream. It disrupts the blood vessel barrier, so you get more toxins from the bloodstream out into the tissues. It disrupts the blood-brain barrier, which allows more toxins from the bloodstream to get into the brain. And the electromagnetic fields are screwing up the electrical charge across the cell membrane. The, the health of a cell is determined primarily by the electrical charge across the cell membrane. But when you expose a cell to electromagnetic field, that charge across the cell membrane diminishes over time. And so the cell becomes sicker and sicker and sicker. Now, in addition, research from Europe shows that whenever you expose uh, microbes to electromagnetic fields, they grow faster and produce more biotoxins. So we know that uh, funguses, for example, will produce as much as 600 times more biotoxin or mycotoxin if they are uh, outside of a Faraday cage compared to being inside of a Faraday cage in the same environment. So as you know, the only way to absolutely be protected from all EMFs is live in a Faraday cage, but that's probably not very practical. We have the Blue Shield technology through Brandon Amalani. Uh, We think this is a very very effective ways uh, to build your body's immunity uh, with the cells. Look at the technology, talk to Brandon, email him, look at it closely, research it, and see what you think. Blue Shield 
right on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. And as we said, it's on sale right now for another week or so. Uh, he doesn't uh, get it on sale very often. The, the margins aren't that good. This stuff's you know, a little pricey to do it right like they do it. But it's, it's great technology, <clears throat> and it works on the cells in the body. So you don't have to make like you're in a Faraday cage. Let me see if I can close this thing. What's going on? Boy, I tell you what, if I knew what was going on with computers, I would just be a, a happy guy. Anyway, promo code one radio, one radio network.com, one radio, one radio network.com. And then also Shen Blossom, they are on 15% sale as well and owned by Brandon. If you uh, want to look at uh, their products, they've got some. <coughs> Really nice products, uh, kinds of medicinal mushrooms and shaga, reishi. Uh, there's goji berries, shizandra berries, um, ginseng, 50-year-old ginseng. They've got a thing called Prime where you have this little bottle and you put it in, the, in your palm of your hand and you can uh, kind of, it's kind of a digestive uh, stimulator thing, get the old digestive thing going. Um Lots of seaweeds. I'm taking some seaweeds as I'm growing my hair back in a natural color. I have a thing I'm doing that. And I'm doing most of it with just believing that I can. And then the rest of it I'm doing uh, some seaweeds, some kelp from Shen Blossom, and uh, some bamboo from Shen Blossom, and uh, the vitamin C, which is just seaweeds and stuff from Shen Blossom. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of his products to have my hair get back to natural color so I can go back go back to college. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I'll do that. So Shen Blossom is also 15%. Both of Brandon's products, Shen Blossom and Blue Shield on OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, it's about the uh, 22nd of March, so I think it's about another week or so. So check it out if that's interesting to you. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. With Adam Bergstrom, yes, no, maybe, Chronobotic Nutrition. You guys still sell the, um, the the hardcover book? Do you still have that? Yes, no, maybe? It, it's it's a paperback, and we still yeah, sell it. Paperback, yeah. yeah. Mm. Through your website? It won't last forever, but we still have it at our website. Uh-huh. Yep. Which which website? The SunSync or Solar Timing? The solartiming.com. 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 And that's where you have all of your the books. The other one is our $99 one, uh, the Sun uh, SunSync Nutrition one. And uh, you can join. I have uh, a lot of blogs, as I do on One Radio Network. We have a color visual video where you recycle through the colors. Yeah, I need to do Which that. actually helps relieve traumas. <laughs> And uh, we have the food list and times and all types of information. It's a Palisades Park of information. <laughs> I even, yeah, oh, I even, there's no Palisades Park. Oh, no, I'm so, on the fast. I even, what, 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 what's your latest book on solartiming.com? What's your latest book that you've done? The, the latest ones, I'm doing a series of journals called Mind Over Matter. And ah. I'm concentrating on that mostly because when a person has a, is happy, even if they're an evil uh, globalist mm-hmm. like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, they live into their 90s by simply finding the joy out of life. 
Now, it's better to have the joy of being a, uh, nice to people a nice rather than being an evil billionaire. But, uh, but when people are happy, they live longer. Yeah. They found, they found out that so many people died of heart disease during the Civil War, and it was basically called cardiac neurosis. There was no, nothing worked, digitalis, nothing would work back in the Civil War because it was an emotional or a cognitive issue. Hmm. And many people died from it, and many people suffered from it. Many Civil War uh, soldiers did. And the worse the war got, the more heart disease occurred. They noticed it again in the First World War. It became noticed because for, for centuries people had known that when you have heartache, it's a physical thing, yeah. even though it's a psychological thing. Because your heart aches and it probably, it probably damages the heart tissues in some way. Huh? More people die of heartache. And look, at how many songs... Probably, uh, yeah. Five out of ten songs, heartache over you, that kind of things. You know, my heart breaks. I hear people say all the time, not realizing that the mouth is a weapon, they'll say, oh, that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Breaks my heart, yeah. How many times have you heard that? I, yeah. I've heard people interviewed constantly say it. You don't want to say that kind I've of stuff, Andy right? i heard say it. Yeah, you don't want to say that kind of stuff. I... I I learned uh, when I saw people die from saying things like that, when I saw a person uh, uh, say they couldn't face an issue and get cancer of the face on the left side when they had a male drama, mm -hmm. I've seen so many people, I've been there too, you know, moon over people, moon over women, oh, how come they not here? Then when you get what you want, you don't want it anymore. <laughs> so what's going on with that? After five legal wives, two illegal wives, and a, a whole bunch of living girlfriends, man, I've been a total fool. <laughs> well, Fool for Love, that was a great movie too, Fool for Love. Um, a fellow emailed me and uh, I don't know what, we're, what we were talking about. Oh, he was, he, uh, he asked me about, uh, he, oh, oh, I know what it was, he said, his left knee or his right knee was hurting, right? And if I had any ideas about that, and I, I took from your playbook, and I said, well, you maybe, think about you, maybe you need to make a decision about a woman, right? So that's what you've told us, knees are a decision. And he wrote back about three or four days later, he said, no, come on. He said, I've been thinking about getting back with my girlfriend for about six months, and I just don't know what to do. <laughs> Now, how is the knees connected to a decision? It's like you can't move or something in a certain direction because you're stuck? Well, it has a lot to do with decisions. And uh, I had the most dramatic thing that happened to me over that is I had a girlfriend in Houston and I came into town and she had a knee problem. And I said, what knee? The right one. I mean, the left one. And she said, uh, so I asked her, what color? yellow that's to make a decision and i said you have to make a decision over a male and already i had a kind of hint what was going on she said yeah i have to make up my mind if i want to be in a relationship with you and i said okay so uh, i did a session <laughs> with her and i went over to a donald lay's uh, clinic which was only about three miles away while I'm there, we would dance to the Prisoner of Love. 
which is on the internet if you want to hear what that is and we would I would just freeform dance the phone rang Adonis said it's for you I picked it up and she said I've decided I want to be in a relationship with you I said fine I hung up the phone started to dance my right knee gave out and I fell to the floor You're kidding. knowing immediately that now I had to make the decision if I wanted to be in a relationship with her <laughs> isn't that amazing how the body's all interconnected like that isn't that fascinating just man just really funny now another woman went to her she came to me uh with a knee injury uh, and she had fallen when she left the hospital after seeing her mother in the hospital and she kept saying this she said three times two times life has brought me to my knees Hmm. and the other time life has cut me off at the knees well i told her she was lucky that she did two of the one and one of the other because she just fell on her knees and didn't have her knees cut off because what we say with our mouth we create out of it's a projectile it's like a missile it's like a gun you pull the trigger with your intention the word comes out and then you're responsible for it unless you get rid of it Hmm. somehow Yeah, the word is very powerful. Of course, in Sant Mat and in Ekankar, it's the audible life stream, and the mouth is the most powerful thing. It's on the opposite side of the medulla oblongata, the mouth of man and the mouth of God. The mouth of God in the back of your head will not get you into trouble, but the mouth of man, it creates all this drama we call globalism, international politics, the love and death, and all the action and drama we have in the soap opera hmm. called life. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've noticed, too, when I really uh, get quiet and do some stretching and, and things at 2, 3 in the morning, just quiet as you can get, it's almost as if movement is a sound to it. It's almost as if when we move, the body, maybe the sound is moving the body. Or do you have any theories on that? It's almost there's some kind of sound going on when you when we move. There is. There what is, is that about? There is a sound of the cells moving, and the cells actually, if you wish to bring on the audible life stream, you simply do clap your hands together that noise is your frequency that attracts the audible life stream so you can try it and the best time to get the audible life stream is three to five in the morning morning, morning, right because it's the loudest at that time but if you clap your hands you'll tune it in and you want to direct it to your right ear not to your left because you'll end up with high blood pressure and eventually it will move to your forehead I've only met a couple of people who have had it go to their forehead. I'm not there yet. (laughs) And I've heard some different, really beautiful music, tinges of it, and some of the other people in our path have heard it for a long time. Really incredible music. So that's all part of the Audible live stream too, you know. Yeah, wow. It is. I met a Swami named Nada Bravananda who could who could sing with his tailbone. Wow. He could vibrate his body and actually get it so anybody else could hear it. 
uh, I met him in Houston in uh, 1970 someplace, and very dramatic. He played a musical instrument. I forget that Indian. Uh, yeah, I know which one you mean. Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, he played it, and my friend, Dr. Bob Wright, uh, put a biofeedback machine on his head, and he remained in Delta the entire time. And, of course, Dr. Bob Wright said, of course, this is impossible, what he just did. No one can stay in Delta, but Donald Lay could do it, and Nadi Brabananda could do it. Delta is ready when you are. A very unusual thing happened at that time, though, with the materialization. I was there with Donald Lay, sitting beside him. Hmm. And at one point... But Nada Brabananda said, does anyone in the audience have a silver dollar? No reply. Does anyone in the audience have a silver dollar? No reply. Does anyone in the audience have a silver dollar? The third time, Adano Lay's hand went up because he would only answer questions if you asked him three times. Really? So he walked up with the silver dollar and he handed it to the Swami and he walked back to his seat. So, the Swami explained what he was going to do. He was going to put it on his forehead, and the silver dollar would stay there. He would suck it in with his own sonics in his body. But then he went, and the silver dollar was gone. <laughs> and he was really embarrassed. The Swami, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, it's gone. And he said, does anyone else in the audience have a silver dollar? Does anyone in the audience have a silver dollar? Long pauses between. I'm speeding this up. Uh -huh. Third time, does anyone in this audience have a silver dollar? Adano's hand goes up. <laughs> <laughs> this time, the Swami stares at him like a hawk watching his prey. And when he hands him the silver dollar, he says, you over there. And he puts him on stage. So he, he sat on stage while the Swami did his demonstrations of holding the silver dollar on his forehead. Did, he, did it stick Adonis on Adonis said he recognized someone else was in Delta in the audience at that point and knew he was a co-Swami. <laughs> well, I'm in Delta, but I'm no Swami. You never know. <laughs> Swami Wami. Well, to be a Swami, you you master Darshan and Dar. You get close to it. Oh, I know Darshan Dar is yeah, projective. Dar See, yeah, I know Darshan. I'd have Darshan with my teacher on the inner planes. That's what we call it, Darshan. Oh, yeah. See, they've tricked us. The eyes actually project. <laughs> there is a visual ray. We they have turned it around where we see things because they're imprinted on us. Mm -hmm. That's called virtual reality. But it's actually virtuous reality where we project. That's why in so many societies they're so afraid of the evil eye, mm -hmm. the maloho, mm -hmm. and for different things of that nature. And why in Sant Mat and some of those other religions they say don't look a person directly in the eyes except your, uh, except your uh, guru and don't even look at a photograph of them directly in the eyes or in the center of the forehead look slightly to the side and we know it in body language if you're talking to a person we know you don't stare at a person directly it's very personal yeah. now when you're in love then you're supposed to look in the eyes in fact I was one time kicked out of a bed 
for not looking in the woman's eyes at the time toward the end of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul Twitchell uh, used to talk about it's uh, it's it's a good thing to look at someone uh, right in their third eye, you know, right, rather than in, right in their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right, because the eyes are powerful. They they're actually they've been described before by even Ellick as erections. It's actually an erection. The yeah. eye is very aggressive. It's it's uh, it's a projection, and and they've turned it around. They just they the uh, during the probably the so-called enlightenment, which really wasn't that much of an enlightenment. They turned the whole thing around and said, "No, your eye receives. It's a receptive. It's not a broadcaster." Even I believe, uh, uh, well, other people know that it really is a projector. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake, mm. that's who I'm thinking about, he knows that if you stare at the back of a person's head, they will eventually feel uncomfortable yeah, they, and know something's going on. They know it, yeah. If they're more primitive, we call them primitive, they'll feel it right away and know someone's looking at them because they know the projection. But uh, Westerners are so entrained into their cultural matrix that they don't even know they just what's happening something's happening i feel weird yeah. <laughs> but they never guess that someone's looking at the back of their head yeah it's even been done in pre pre if you watch a person on a camera rupert sheldrake proved that they can feel someone's watching them with a camera uh whether it's google or whoever at the time they're doing it <laughs> They'll get anxiety. They may not feel it, but if you measure their blood pressure and you measure other things, their heart rate, it changes when people look at them. You know, and if people feel uh, our presence when we're looking at the back of their head, I think it's an interesting conjecture that as soul, wherever we put our attention, there we are. So we're probably right in their head. Right? Somehow our energy is in their state of consciousness or in their aura, and that's why they, they feel it, right? That's why they feel it. It is. All is one. And uh, if you take a photograph of either one of us, you're going to see us in the camera. How did we get there? Yeah. Because if you had a trillion cameras and took pictures simultaneously, there'd be an image in all trillion. And this light goes out at the speed of light and, and actually faster forever. So we are every place. We are omnipotent. We're omniscient. We're all of those things Omni we're supposed to be. Yeah. And that they tell us, oh, you are a victim. We're here to help you. We are the government. We're going we're gonna to save you. We're going to make you safe. Right. And what do they do? They endanger us. They kill us with vaccines. They kill us with climate change. They kill us every way they can. And medicine has has actually killed more people than any other disease in the world. Cancer I, is number that. two or yeah. heart disease. So medicine, Definitely. like uh, bad predictions or bad uh, dosages and bad uh, prescriptions and overdosing you know, and all actually, that. actually, right dosing. Here's just, what is just the, the right what they stuff. Tell you. Just the right stuff that, that they're supposed to give you kills more people than anything. Really, they tell you that medical malpractice kills the th uh, is the third. Well, medical practice is number one. 
medical malpractice is third but the actual training they give and exact formulas is what kills people look at the uh dementia uh the uh parkinson's disease they gave a drug that made it worse and did it for years so when they finally realized it was killing more people by giving them the dopamine drug the uh, fda said well because you have a bunch in stock you have to change that in two years so okay you can kill another million people before now hitler would be uh, the nazis and nuremberg were killed for that and but our doctors get away with it on an everyday basics whether you're Pfizer or whatever other company you are, Johnson & Johnson, they kill people on an ongoing basis. So dementia is not a dopamine shortage? Not at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, and they make you think it is. Ray Pete has gone into that extensively, mm -hmm. too. But I first came across it when, about 15 years ago, I found out that a placebo pill will work better, a sugar pill, than the drug for uh, Parkinson's. And I said, wow, that's a miracle. But it actually wasn't placebo after all. It was that the drug was killing people. Oh, I and see. And that happens yeah. now. Look, the, at, yeah, look, at, uh, uh, look at Tylenol. They hmm. kill, uh, they're responsible for most of the liver fatalities in this country. Mm -hmm. And even it was written first on Forbes and then in Time magazine. These are mainstream magazines claiming that. So, you know, it's even worse. <laughs> and you still can walk into a, a, you know, a drugstore, which I don't go into, but they have these little sections, you know, at the, at the HEB where I get razor blades. And they got all this stuff right there. I mean, you can just buy as much Tylenol as you want. Wow. You can. Wow. Man. Very dangerous drug. Now, some people have a tolerance to it, They, but eventually it kills them. I uh, I, I think I told you, I came into, uh, where was it? Uh, El Paso. And a woman had gone to the hospital with the flu, and she started having seizures. And she was kept in the hospital for a week investigating her. So... They brought me to see her when she got out of the hospital. She's having a seizure every hour. Hmm. So I, I said, can you stick out your tongue? The first thing I asked her, she said, no. I said, could you stick out your tongue before you went there? Yes. Did they give you a drug? And she said, no. I said, they gave you no drug at all in the ER. Nothing at all. Are you sure they did not give you a drug? Well, they gave me three Tylenol. She didn't consider that a drug. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you have Tylenol poisoning. And indeed, she had Ray syndrome. Another week in the hospital, millions of dollars, and they found out she had Ray syndrome. They had given her Tylenol poisoning. Now, I told her to get out of Dodge because her trauma, when I turned her feet, was her boss. Her female boss was so traumatic that I told her, if you stay and get well and go back to your job, you'll die. Leave the state. Get as far away from your sister-in-law as she can. Yeah. She took her advice, and as far as I know, she's, she's still alive. Still alive. Wow. But usually you die from, from Ray syndrome. Uh, most people die. It's the uh, 22nd of March with Adam Bergstrom. Phones are out. I think they... they uh or due, due to be fixed, they called me yesterday, today. So that'll be fun. We'll see. Um, 
let's see, Cindy has an email. Good morning, Patrick and Adam. I was I go to a biological dentist. My first three implants failed. Wow, failed? What happened to them? Not en- not enough bone. Oh, not enough bone. What would help with some growth? Also, the dentist did another scan, and I have another dead tooth that needs to be pulled. This all started supposedly from root canals. Cindy's got something going on with her diet if her bones are not happy, right? What could that be? Lots of butter and river dancing. River dancing? What's what's river dancing? Stomping. Stomping. In other words, uh, you ever see that stomping type of business? Yep. When you stomp, you build bone. You build bone, yes. It was discovered that uh, wearing heavy packs on your back and walking around <clears throat> helps build bones, helps maintain bone. But if you want to build them, you have to stomp. So what you do is jump up and down on a hard floor. They tell you not to do this, jump on a soft floor. And believe me, I'm into mini trampolines and yeah. Olympic-sized trampolines. Sure. And they're really good, but they do not build bone. You have to have a solid floor. So when you see river dancing, if mm-hmm. you remember those, that stomping yeah. business, mm-hmm. and they even have stomp dancing. There was a group out doing stomp dancing here a few years back. They're probably still doing it. And you just stomp, walk around and stomp. And one time when I was uh, hanging out at that, Two Creek Ranch, when I first uh, we first did our radio shows on KLBJ, mm-hmm. uh, I was hanging out with Master Chen. And at one point, he told me as I was running, he had us run daily, uh, stomp your feet when you run. And suddenly, he transferred mentally to me the image of K1, kidney 1, kidney meridian responsible for calcium is the only meridian that has a starter at the bottom of the foot everything else is in the toes of the feet or in the fingertips not anywhere in the palm or in the sole but kidney one starts right at the bottom of the feet so when you stomp your feet you activate the kidney and you calcify your body you calcify. correctly not over calcify which of course is like a uh, a type of turning into stone. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Cindy, I would I would also add, if I were in your position, I would try some raw milk of some kind, goat or cow, see if that doesn't help. And also, our product, Pearl Seam, which is made from pearl, a living source, has a, a lot of calcium in it and other minerals. And I would start taking those in there. You know, in, internally, they have the pills, uh, little capsules, and then you could brush your teeth with it too. But, you're going to need to get that root canal out because you are. I mean, uh, wow. She had to do three implants and they failed. There's not enough bone. Hmm. Do, do greens? It happens do, a lot. Do greens have calcium like kale and collards and things like that too? Yeah, the main thing, uh, what do they do with cow bones? They sell them in health food stores, but what do they sell them as? Protein powder. Oh, protein powder, yeah. Yeah, the bone is mostly protein. People forget about that. So it's a lack of protein that causes it. Also, oh, so uh, she needs protein. Lose, she needs protein too. Yeah. Okay. 
and also she's she's catabolic so you'll find there's a type of mild edema going along with this there's other conditions she needs to acidify and protonize protonize and catabolic means your body is kind of eating away at itself rather than anabolic while it's building right where it's building yes now we need we need to be catabolic because we have to kill ourselves to make new cells we do that regularly but you can get over catabolic and you're not replacing the cells that you're losing that's one of the things that happens with aging particular in muscles ray pete has gone into that bodybuilders have gone into that that uh, you need to have a balance of anabolism catabolism and that's called metabolism it's the combining of one with the other and the exact balancing. When you get too anabolic, you get cancer. When you get too catabolic, you get heart disease mm. or tuberculosis or a variety of other diseases. I, interesting enough, I just heard, which I learned years ago, when Donald Lay told me you can cure cancer with tuberculosis, I thought that's the weirdest thing I ever heard. Then I read it and then an anatomy book and two nights ago on the david knight show he said he had a relative that they gave tuberculosis to cure their cancer how did they give him what's what is tuberculosis I don't, what is it well you you give them actually a bacterium and it kills the it kills the cancer and then you it's easier to cure the tuberculosis than it is the cancer so it's a it's commonly been known for years and years but the doctors don't want to do it because Give the person tuberculosis, they think, oh, my God, but it saves you from cancer. But also what they don't tell you is uh, pneumonia can save you from cancer. Uh, Any alkaline disease can save you from cancer because the growth of cancer is in an acidic state. And its metastasis is in an alkaline state. That's the razor's edge we're trapped in. If you get if you want to grow cancer so before you get cancer you want to be slightly alkaline Hmm. uh even though the cell itself but when i say alkaline the whole body the cell itself is slightly acid it has to be acidic to be alkaline otherwise it'd be breaking down and would be falling apart so it's slightly out it's slightly alkaline overall with the body the blood the lymph the DNA, the, uh, the every part of the body from the organelles on. Some of the organelles don't exist, as we know from Dr. Cowan, like the Golgi tendon reflex intent. So they make a lot of these things up. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci started the whole thing. He he put the bloody mess. He took the corpse. You know, he would get by these hor- corpses, the people who were executed, and he would see this bloody mess. And so he decided, well. You can't really see anything, so I'll make a two-dimensional picture out of a three-dimensional mess here and make a chart. And it's a total illusion when we see all these medical charts. It looks so neat and clean, and and the drug makers use them. There's nothing like that. It's all mythology. It's like reading The Lord of the Rings or or, uh, Mary Poppins or something. In the body, everything's just all glopped together. It's not like it's just a block. If you look at it, kind of look what a butcher sees. You know, he doesn't see a chart with little lines and this goes to this and receptors. There's no such thing as receptors. It's all a when you hear a person say receptor, beep, 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 right then you know 
he red put up the red flag because uh, and the red light because this guy is not telling the truth. Bravo, Sierra, as we used to say. Bravo, Sierra. <laughs> so bravo, Sierra. So you mentioned edema, maybe for Cindy. What is the is, is edema a kidney thing, a weakness, and the the water accumulates in just the ankles? Just alkal- alkalinity, and it just gets to the kidney, but it's alkalinity. Too alkaline? Yep, you get, too alkaline? Yep, too alkaline. The water comes out of the cell and goes into the fluid outside of it. In a healthy person, the water goes into the, uh, the fluid goes in, and the cell plumps up. It doesn't squeeze it out. That's why when you, you get a similar effect when you ever go to the beach in, in the ocean, and you go swimming and suddenly you have to blow your nose right. because the cell is squeezed and it squeezes you out. So actually taking salt can help too as well as acidifying. There's other little tricks. It's not all pH. The salt, I've been doing a lot of sea salt, uh, experimenting with that per Darko. Does that, that, that acidifies salt? Yes. It, it actually helps uh, the body acidify. Not by itself, but it, mm-hmm. it aids. And it certainly prevents high blood pressure in most cases. Sure. There are exceptions to the rule because some of us have different traumas and different physiological traits. Uh, we're not, not all the same. Civilizations that drank dairy products over long periods of time, they adapt to it. We can, we can adapt to just about any poison out there. Many people eat a poison. Look at the guy who ate airplanes he ate cessnas shopping carts bicycles coffins tvs razor blades what are some more acid forming foods for people that experience uh, edema what are are some really protein protein Protein, lots of meat Meat. be a carnivore like you yeah carnivore but be careful people ask me well uh how can uh, a meat eater be alkaline then easily I'm going to make myself instantly alkaline here now. Oh, do the, do the, uh, what do they call that? Wim Hof breathing. <laughs> oh, is Wim Hof breathing Wim Hof makes breathing. you alkaline, does it? Hmm. And if I keep doing it, I will go into tetany. If you've ever been rebirthed to the point where suddenly you start to lock up like this, and that happens with tetany. When you go slow breathing, you go into coma. That's what meditation is. Meditation will make you, it's like being a meat eater. In India, they can get away with being a vegan because they can breathe so slow, like that one guy who maybe, what, took a couple of breaths in 40 days mm-hmm. <laughs> by, by being buried. You're going to get really uh, anabolic that way. But uh, if you're a uh, a meat eater you just breathe a little faster and you can balance it all off if you think you're getting too acidic too because too acidic can give you cancer but you just adjust the breathing to it the breathing is one way we make ourselves acid and alkaline and you can make yourself instantly alkaline by drinking too much water so huh. that's one way so a lack of water or just being careful that you don't uh your, your your urine doesn't get completely clear. It okay. should be straw colored. Be sh- then your balance is going to be okay. pretty okay. So, so then, if you want to get more acid, you do slow breathing, correct? Slow breathing, yeah. Slow breathing. Slow breathing. Then you become anabolic. 
So a body, that's why bodybuilders often sleep for 12 hours a day. Really? Because when they do the workout like they do, and they, they generate lactic acid, which seems counterproductive. Lactic acid actually ultimately makes you alkaline because it, it, it forms lactate, and it's a very mild acid. So you become more alkaline to fight that. People forget that the body can do its own chemotherapy. Hmm. They want to give it chemotherapy, but the body is smart. It's a smart body. Okay, I'm getting over acid. I will make myself over alkaline by speeding up my breathing. So you'll notice the breathing will change and your breathing, if you're onto it, your breathing can control your acid alkalinity without anything in your diet. That's the most amazing thing. It's faster than doing it by food or water or some way through the mouth. You mentioned, the nose works better. You mentioned I was a carnivore. I, I don't. I wouldn't belong a club like a carnivore if they would let me in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been doing uh, rice a couple times a week, a little bit of rice, and even some uh, organic brown rice pasta once a week, and I feel better with that. A little bit of some berries, um, a little honey. Um, I'm feeling better than just not having, you know, those things. And I'm pretty you know, much we're omnivores. Yeah, more, and, we're more uh, omnivore. And, but but yeah. you know, a lot of fat and tallow and butter, cream, uh, coconut oil. I do my green tea with a little coconut oil and make a bulletproof green tea. That's kind of fun. Um, but I've gained, I've gained about three pounds just drinking the salt water. So I must be retaining a lot more water. Maybe I needed to retain that water, right? And maybe I was low on salt? It, 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 might, it might not be water weight either. You might know. be retaining muscle weight. That's where people make a mistake about pH. They measure it in the fluid. Well, you got to measure it in the, uh, the anti-fluids, which are fat. Mm -hmm. Water doesn't collect in fat. It floats on the top. So is your fat acid or alkaline? Is your protein acid and alkaline? It's like, I'm going to measure the pH of this roast. I'm going to measure the water it's cooked in. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. So measuring your pH in your urine is what's not in your body. Measuring it in your saliva, it's not in your body. And in your blood, it's really not in your body. Your blood is outside of your body. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, the straw color is a good metric for the amount of water. Is that, is that right? If it gets clear, you're drinking too much, in your opinion. There's always exceptions to sure. the rule, but it's very rare. Okay. Very rare. You can pretty well. If, if your urine is dark and smelly, yeah. then you definitely need more water. Right. But if it's totally clear and you're urinating a lot be suspicious that you're getting too much water you usually need more water in the desert but when it's humid like here that humidity is absorbed, absorbed. into the body through right. the lungs and through the skin hmm. and so you need a lot less water in a humid climate like uh like in houston a lot less water than you do like in el paso adam bergstrom's with us it's about 25 before the hour uh, you were around early on in the whole weightlifting muscle beach thing, right? 60s, 70s, 80s, and read all kinds of uh, 
bodybuilding magazines and really studied it and did your share of bodybuilding yourself. What were these people doing, uh, the, uh, you know, the Schwarzeneggers of the world and, and uh, uh, who was, uh, you know, the Atlases, Johnny Atlas and, and all these people. What were they doing to build muscle? What foods were they eating to build muscle? And did it work? A, a lot different than they do today. Yeah. Like two quarts of milk. You wouldn't see bodybuilders drinking milk today because it 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 doesn't make them ripped. They want to be ripped, ripped. You know, where you see, where they look like an anatomy chart. You know, with the Christmas tree in the back, they call Does it. Does it actually build the muscle that. or just tighten the muscle? Um, it doesn't really build the muscle. Okay. It just it just takes the fluid and makes you look like an anatomy. It is not healthy for you. It's a lot healthy. healthier to be a bodybuilder. I was friends with Don Peters. I remember. You can still look him up. Yeah, he, I remember that name. A, yeah. Great bodybuilder. And by the way, uh, Schwarzenegger played a dirty trick on him by having sex with his wife and then and then deliberately calling Don up while he was with his wife. And, and as soon as Don answered, he said, it's for you to his <laughs> wife. Jeez. And then he said, I did your wife. I'm, I'm putting it the polite way. He screamed it over the phone. And Don came knocking on his door to beat the heck out of him, and uh, Schwarzenegger just laughed behind the doors and wouldn't open the doors. So they became enemies. They were they were good friends before that. Wow, I hope so. But, so the foods that build muscle, not ripped, what are those, in your opinion? Uh, basically, your protein. Egg is an excellent egg. I do a lot of protein. They make a protein powder out of it. Mm -hmm. they, they have all kinds of protein measurements which change. In the time I've been in the health food industry, I've seen them go from different initials for a certain type of PER, protein efficiency ratio, all of these different names they've gone through. The latest one has about five initials, and it's too long to say. And uh, basically, egg and meat are proteinizers, and very few vegetables are, give you uh, are acidic, but uh, you can get acidic from a certain amount of grains and glutens and things like that. So it's possible to get acidic, uh, definitely. So acidic is what builds the muscles, right? It builds the muscles? That's what builds the muscles, mm. yeah, yeah. And, mm. and it's confusing because, uh, see, the body balance, Balances. If you start to become too acidic, it has a defense against it and becomes overalkaline. Mm. That's what's forgotten. It's not like we're just not passive to be acid and alkaline. We'll change the breathing, change the urination, right. change the way our protein is distributed in our body. We have smart bodies. We have smart phones, which are really dumb phones, but we have so-called dumb bodies that really are smart My bodies. Phones, yeah. This fellow that did the invented Dr. Jake, which the uh, X3 that I'm doing, I really like uh, this equipment. He has a product, I've been kind of thinking about it, but I don't like to take products. But anyway, um, it's it's just amino acids. Do you think that would be good to take? If I want to build in muscle? Some case, in some cases, they can. The real funny thing about it Where do they is come a tomato from? has... Where do they come from? A tomato has more... Oh, they, they're genetically made. They're GMOs. Really? Yeah, only, now, except for some of the simple ones like lysine. Mm -hmm. Lysine, 
is genetically made by what's that company that they did a movie about where Matt uh, uh, Matt Damon oh, was I that know. the one that was I in the movie what, about I know which one you, you mean. know the one yeah I where know. he was a st- industrial spy or whatever right. it was but anyway how come you're blinking off and so on com- look at your cameras blinking off and on wow what the heck what is that I don't know. No. Is your internet going? No. Your, your, Let's see. Your voice is stable, but how strange! That is strange. I may I may have to call Vibergal. Oh wait, it's back. Shoot. <laughs> you know, we have the rain here has been preposterous. That might be the problem. We have. Have you ever heard of a widow maker? It's a eucalyptus tree. They've killed many people. They killed. Uh, the actor Matthew McCauley, McCauley what is his name? Uh, he's a Texan. They killed his twin brother. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, or, Matthew. No, 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 his mother. His Matthew mother, McConaughey. Twin brother. Right. Yes, his mother was killed by a tree falling on the car. But anyway, we have had dozens of eucalyptus trees and other trees come down here in Santa Barbara. We've had our power go out several times because we're getting this atmospheric river that isn't supposed to be here. Hmm. And uh, Do you think they're just and, making that uh, all up? That, 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 calling it atmospheric river. I mean, what is that about? It's for, it's for real. It there is. is such a thing. But it's not bad. It happens. Yeah, it happens I mean, regularly. It's not a new thing. You know, uh, here's the thing. We heard, you heard about the Montecito disaster where 22 people were killed, right? right? And now we had something equally. They were prepared for it this time is why we didn't have deaths. But if climate change is real, how did we have an event here in the 1880s, I would guess, something mm-hmm. more like that, where it became 142 degrees in Goleta? Right nearby Goleta, 10 miles away from here. 142. That's hot. Hotter than any record until it was beat finally by Death Valley. How is that? This is in the 1880s. And how did it rain so hard that there is a harbor now that wasn't there? No, the harbor was filled in. Goleta, where the airport is now, was a harbor. But all the silt and mud and boulders came down and filled it in. One rainstorm. Nothing like that has happened with this storm. It wasn't even close. So these kind of weather events, you know, ma nature. You make ma nature mad, and ma nature responds. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me read you this because I, I I'd like to get more muscle built, and I'm thinking, well, I, I can only eat so much meat. Um, you know, I'm just a little guy. Anyway, so see if what do you think about this. Just your honest opinion, because uh, if I if you don't think it's worth it, I won't get it. The, for protein synthesis, all eight essential amino acids must be present in the correct ratio. Is that true? It's true. Okay. Actually, some people think nine or ten okay. in certain circumstances. Otherwise, the protein becomes less usable. Standard protein supplements contain imbalanced EAAs. I wonder what that is, EAAs. Do we know that? Oh, non-essential amino acids. Non-essential amino acids. Okay, okay. high-calorie fillers. In studies, the body was only able to utilize 18% of whey protein. Woo, is that possible? Vegetable protein sources fared even worse, 10%. And then I got the studies uh, 
list it, you know, as in the notes. Well, that's interesting. Let me see what this thing's in here. <clears throat> um, engineered to build muscles, four calories per serving. That's not a lot of calories, is it? <laughs> no, you want calories. Uh, you, you want calories. <laughs> so perfect amino profile, faster muscle growth. Give me the ingredients, baby. Um, <clears throat> um, pure fermented amino acids. Foragen, the name of it is called Fortigen, uh, builds different. Whey is a byproduct of cheese. Fortigen is a byproduct of fermentation. It was originally adapted from a cancer treatment formulated to prevent muscle wasting during chemotherapy. That's interesting. Uh, okay, here we go. Just ingredients, it says amino acids, rates, ratios optimized for muscle building, utility, malic acid, natural flavors, citric acid, stevia, and sunflower lecithin. Think it would hurt me? Not bad. It's just that those are GMO uh, amino acids, especially if they're free form. Form. Yeah, and it at one time back in the uh, 80s, it would take a year to make those amino acids, and they're only at the time. And this could have changed now. At the time uh, in the 80s and 90s, they were only made in Germany and Japan, the only two countries who had the technology to do it. So when you got a preform amino acid you either got it from Germany or Japan. Hmm. And the tryptophan, of course, the big news was it wasn't tryptophan that was bad, the amino acid per se, killing people with all those diseases. It was the GMO went wrong when they were making it. Yeah. But they wanted to hide that up because GMOs were being protected globally to be sold, and they wanted us all to be on GMOs, of course. But now when you say these these amino acids in this product could be GMO. That doesn't necessarily, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean the devil. I mean, they're just in a lab creating these. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, but you okay. don't know. They actually do have side effects. Ray Pete uh, ah. advised against amino acids, definitely. He advised getting, he wanted you to have more protein. He was a protein guy. He was a protein guy. guy. But he did it with he meat and eggs and fish, meat, eggs and fish. And, and liver and liver things and like that. Milk. Yeah. He was a big milk guy too. Yeah. Which you get plenty of. You know, before they started using those type of supplements, bodybuilders still got huge. You had guys like, mm. uh, oh, what is the guy that Schwarzenegger was blown away by? What is his name now? Been so been so long, I forget uh, forget his name. But uh, they got huge. They didn't get cut because that's a new type of avoiding certain products right. that cause uh, semi-edema-like. Uh, states at that point though you didn't have to be all cut like that if you look back at uh, bill pearl don peters and even arnold schwarzenegger the people are much more cut than schwarzenegger was back in the day so uh, nowadays uh, that you have to be cut unhealthily well back in the day see bodybuilding at first was to be healthy uh 
Yeah. Harry Rader started the Iron Man magazine. Right. And if you wanted to gain weight, he recommended one workout a week, one really tough really? Mike Minster type oh. intense workout a week if you were going to gain weight. If you wanted to gain definition, then you add more and more workouts mm. into it. Mm. To complicate it, some people do do well with multiple workouts and some people don't but you have to experiment with yeah. your body type to see, see how much red muscle you have how much white muscle you have I've, I've got a lot of red muscle so i have endurance i can dance all night but I, i'm a wimp with a bench press and stuff right. like that but i can dance all night and jump all night and run all night and have no problem with that and they recommend taking this product uh, which by the way it is uh, leucine, L valine, L isoline, L lysine, L penicillin, penicillin, L theraline, L menylene, and tryptophan. But they recommend taking it 30 minutes before bed. Why would you do that? Um, the, the idea is, is that you will release growth hormone, which is actually counterproductive. Oh, well. That's another thing that rocked my world because I used to believe growth hormone was good for you. But it will, uh, the carbon dioxide at night will help that retain the acidify. Okay. And by the way, the best way to acidify and be anabolic is bag breathe or breathe slowly at night. Mm -hmm. When you meditate at night, you retain carbon dioxide, yes. and carbon dioxide is acidifying. It is and not alkalizing. Yeah. yeah, I do that a lot and do the Boteco, and I can, I, I mentioned it, I can get where I barely breathe sometimes, and you don't even feel like you're holding your breath, you're just not breathing, which is different from right. holding your breath, right? Holding your breath is like, I can't do that very long, I mean, a little while, but if you just get to the point where you're not breathing, Right, really slow things down. You can you can go without breathing for I mean a couple minutes. I've done it. It's crazy. I mean, what's that about? I mean, I, I've really done it where you just get so quiet and and you don't need to breathe. And especially if you feel like you need to breathe, you can just move around a little bit, and that that keeps you from breathing for longer. And then, even after a couple minutes, if you really want to breathe a little bit, I just let my body do it. I don't do it, you know, consciously. I like to just stand up away from the body as soul and watch it do its thing. And the body will just do this little thing like, that's it. That's all. And you can go for longer just with that little bit, you know, it's like a, what is it, like a quarter teaspoon of, of air or something like that? It's pretty interesting. I, I guess this is how the yogis do it, where they get buried and and uh, they could probably use up that whole oxygen in the in the coffin for a month, right? Just by going every twenty minutes or every half an hour. <laughs> Mantra meditation is one of the tricks. It slows you down. Now I use Wim Hof breathing for one thing. What's that? The toilet. If you want to, if you want to take a dump. Just start doing Wim Hof breathing on the toilet. You'll force the, you create a vacuum. You know those vacuum uh, tubes in banks? Sure. You, so you get, you get more pressure inside, and that makes less pressure in the colon and more pressure outside. So you're going to create a, a, a vacuum, actually, that makes the, Pushes you take a dump. 
So you put the pressure up here and the pressure down there. I haven't done Wim Hof breathing for a year, but can you give us an example of what it is, how it works? Well, just basically fast breathing, like this kind of thing, like rebirthing breathing. Is that all it is? That's all That all basically is. He might have fine-tuned it or something like that, but it's fast breathing. They used to call it the breath of fire, oh, yeah. uh, kundalini breathing, all of those kind of things. Same type of stuff. I've, I've done my share of that uh, kind of, uh, the people in white clothing, you know, the Sikhs. Yeah, the you go Sikhs, into their yeah. centers and you do yoga at four in the morning. Right. Going, That's called breath of fire, it's right? It's intense stuff. Yeah. And I did the same stuff as a Sufi. But we would do chants. In fact, we we would do a variant of Hugh called Who, Who? and we would do it like Jump up this. And down. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it not as loud as we would scream okay. this out. But imagine doing this for like a half hour. You keep on going till you you are about to fall over from the breath, and you think you wouldn't get alkalized that way. A but half hour of that. The Wim Hof thing is more alkalizing and the slow breathing is more acidifying, correct? Yes, hmm. very alkalizing and the slow breathing is very acidifying. What about Definitely. cold so showers? You control. Cold showers, what do they do? Alkaline or acidify? Uh, they they uh, acidify, actually, acidify. ultimately, because they you'll see they actually warm your body up. I've come out of, uh, I do a hot shower always finish it off with a cold shower i learned this in high school when i found that that pilots would put cold water on their lower part of their body and their eyesight would improve dramatically hmm. so ever since high school in 1957 maybe 58 at the latest i was doing cold showers uh, after i never finished off with a hot shower and basically it uh, will make you you will come out of the cold shower, and even if it's ice cold outside, you'll be warm. warmer. Yeah, I've been in Flagstaff in a in a snowstorm and lay down on a bench, and people look at me in in a speedo lying on a bench yeah. in a snowstorm, and they're looking at me like that guy's crazy. That guy's crazy. <laughs> so, does cold showers uh, put you parasympathetic or sympathetic? sympathetic it gives you sympathetic tone they don't tell you about that meditation is sympathetic not parasympathetic because otherwise if you went into parasympathetic you'd fall down you ever you ever meditate and you start to go to sleep and suddenly your neck jerks like that and you almost jerk it out of the socket mm -hmm. that's parasympathetic to, you have to have a certain amount of parasympathetic uh, sympathetic action to do it. But you are also going into rebuilding. Basically, uh, feed and sleep, that's going to be your uh, parasympathetic. But if you're in parasympathetic while you're at, in action, that's not going to work. That's not good. And no. even, even when we're talking now, we have to have sympathetic tone otherwise we could actually dislocate our limbs hmm. when a person goes totally parasympathetic unconscious passes out hospital workers have to be careful with the person because their arm could fall off the uh off the uh the uh the the, the uh whatever they're carrying them on and dislocate that's how parasympathetic you can get 
and that's not good. We're meant to balance hmm. yin and yang. So yin is parasympathetic, and yang yeah. is sympathetic. So, so saunas would be more sympathetic, right? Sympathetic heat. No, more parasympathetic. Oh, more par- but oh. they would, oh, but they would make you more <laughs> sympathetic. It's strange how that works back, back and forth. We're like a yo-yo. <laughs> so if I do saunas at night and then cold shower before bed, that's okay. That's that's good. Oh yeah, okay. it's, it's great. Okay, that's a, that's a great. I I did it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Boy, it's fun doing cold showers now with rainwater because it's forty degrees at night or thirty five sometimes, and boy, that water's cold, baby. That'll just <clears throat> rock your world. <laughs> I tell you what. And you're right. When you get out of a cold shower, uh, you're warm. I, you know, you're warm. Really warm. You can go out in the snow and feel fine. Yeah. And I've been I've been doing cold showers for um, almost two years now. That's all I do. And you know what? I go out in the, you know, in the morning with Doodle with just a shirt on, and it could be fifty or forty five, and I'm not cold at all. So I know my body temp, and I t- sometimes take my body temperature, and my body temperature is a little over ninety eight you know, in the morning whenever I test it, which is perfect, right? I mean, so I think the cold showers are helping me stay warmer. You know, uh, I've known Carol Crosby for a long time, and she's a witness. In about 87 is when I went through a phenomenal change in my body where I developed TUMO. I I always wore a, uh, uh, what do they call those things, uh, inappropriately, wife beaters, you know, tank tops. That's what I wear. I always wore a tank top, no matter how cold it was, and shorts. And I did it for months like that. And uh, But part of my, my secret was taking that cold shower a couple of times a day and also punching a punching bag or doing something aggressive with my legs or feet kicking Hmm. it kept me warm for if i did hit a punching bag for about uh, two minutes i could be warm for almost an hour after that and then i'd go and take alternate cold showers Mm -hmm. sometimes two or three a day just jump in the shower for two minutes jump out and i was good to go again yeah i did did it yeah uh, Yeah, i do that when i'm writing screenplay sometimes yeah, just getting just a little bit foggy, just a bit. I'll go jump on the rebounder for 10 minutes, you know, or run real fast, you know, and then go in a cold shower and put on a clean shirt and, you know, you're, you're good to go. You could do for 10 more hours, you know. Here's an interesting email uh, from Greg. Um, I heard Adam on Clyde Lewis's show last night. <laughs> cool appearance. Good job, Adam. Who's Clyde? I've heard that name. Was that... The guy that does uh, um, the overnight show, Clyde Lewis? Well, no, uh, let's put it this way. There are some people who aren't uh, Antifa in Portland, Oregon. It's in Portland, Oregon, where I used to manage a health food store right next to the Nike office. I met, what was the head of Nike, or still is? I, I met him. I shook his hand because he was my next-door neighbor when I managed Healthways up there. But anyway, uh, the see... Portland is a divided between the Bidenites and the Trumpites there. And basically, uh, it was he's a good guy. Uh, uh, Clyde was his name, and I got called last afternoon and said, you want to do the show? I said, sure. We talked about each Z-Bugs and Z-Bugs. tumor teriyaki and all that stuff. They want to feed us, you know. Is it a national show uh, or just a Portland show? 
Uh, I think it's a Portland local show, but then they put it out nationally on the internet. Yeah, yeah. He said, so Pat- they just called me in, and it was a coincidence that I used to live. Portland used to be the coolest city, oh, and now it's, no. it's a, not. It's, it's a shame about Oregon being so woke. It's such a beautiful state. I mean, whoa, those big trees. And, oh, my God. Oh. Well, Portland used to be a paradise. I, I oh. really, there was a city of books there, a bookstore, three or four stories, a city block, and they had that put in the addition on i would spend time that have piano players that have lectures from known authors you could take the books that you were going to buy and go to the restaurant and read the books and see if you wanted them while you drank your tea they didn't care if you spilled anything on it none of those rules or anything it was the most laid-back city i had a storage locker for 25 dollars a month a large one uh i had uh it, it was great now there was some gang violence there were some bullet holes in the door of the place we rented and uh, mm. it was very good we were right next to the female dorm so I got to watch them taking showers that was fun oh well that's good so um, <laughs> yeah they didn't bother pulling the drapes what's that city south of Portland that's really cool right up against the forest um, do you know which I'm, I'm speaking of Eugene Eugene no Eugene what's, is where what's uh, another one Ray Pete was oh, what's yeah, another one uh, let me see. Uh, uh, what else is there? Uh, all I can think of is Coos Bay, uh, where my son lives up in that area right now. Coos Bay is beautiful. Gold Beach, that area along there. Uh, what other cities are there? There's it's, the one right by the Columbia River. It start with an S. A city, someone S. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I was there, uh, and oh, they used to do a Shakespeare festival. There, that doesn't ring a bell. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I think I, I know the city. You know the now, city. But I can't think, I of, can't think of it either. Yeah. And anyway, I was there and visiting some friends, and it was so beautiful. And they had this amazing co-op right against the forest, you know. And it was like the classic hippie co-op. It was great, you know. It was all these hippie people, and just a great co-op where you could get, you know, bulk foods and things of rice and beans and all. Um, so I pa- almost moved to Grants Pass once, but that, that's really pretty dry there. It, they have a lot of fires and stuff and uh, stuff. But I knew a chiropractor up there who was an amazing chiropractor who heard the sound current in the middle of his forehead. And my ex-father-in-law moved up there, too. <laughs> Patrick, how can we hear you with your appearance on the fake fakeologist show last night? Oh, I would just go to his website. He's got fakeologist.com, and I'm sure he's got, he puts all his shows up there. I was on his show last night. This guy's a trip. Ah, okay. <laughs> cool. This guy's a trip. <laughs> uh, does Adam do hydrogen water, and does he think that Trump will be arrested? So two unrelated <laughs> questions in there. You could tie those together. Nice segue. What do you think? Do you, have you ever done I'm hydrogen? I'm not doing Hydrogen. I ha- I haven't done it, but yeah. it's good. Hydrogen is the major thing in the universe. It makes water. It makes all kinds of things. And in the Donald Lay terminology, hydrogen is desire. Nitrogen is will. Oxygen is consciousness. And carbon dioxide is attachment. Now, attachment can be good or bad. Obviously, the sperm in the ovum needs attachment. Without it, we're not going to be here. It's the brown trauma when you try to attach to everything else right. and hold on to it. But other 
realize that hydrogen is a major mineral. Desire power. You don't get power. Hydrogen gives you power. What what I'm doing now with my muscles is not from nitrogen. Nitrogen gives me the structure. Hydrogen makes me move it. Oh, cool. I can't move it without it. Do you think hydrogen is going to be, and then we'll get to a Trump question, do you think hydrogen is going to be an up-and-comer for energy with hydrogen buses and planes and cars and stuff like that? It would be a lot more practical than the things they have planned for us now, I'll tell you that. But see, I'll tell you, they, they have unlimited water unlimited power they've got it all. and they change over in a minute it's all a lie <laughs> they want to keep us here it's really funny you know now that it's raining what did they do they had to raise the water bill oh good because that makes sense they, they put the people the government people will go out of business because they can't supply water if this was really a capitalist country they would go out of business because now there's water here why would you need water people but they got to keep the water people keep them working and adam berkson i read is this true where california is going to outlaw gas heat and gas stoves they want to do it wow there's an opposition to it but they want to do that you know how bad that is it's really bad do you know when we have power outages here, how we keep warm is soak our feet in cold water. I That's mean, in hot water, in hot water. Because we have gas. The gas. Well, ga- plus gas. Yeah. Gas heat for the home is so nice. It's warm. It's moist. It's quiet. Uh, it's inexpensive compared to electric heat. Electric heat is crappy. I mean, it's terrible. And they, and it's cooking on electric stoves is stupid. So they're going to outlaw this in the whole state? Chefs go crazy. And you you think there isn't a gas stove in the White House? Oh, come on. The chefs would not cook in the White House without a gas stove. No chef is going to cook on an electric stove. So is there a lot of pushback in California on this whole gas thing that they're trying to do? I hope so. There is pushback. I don't know how much. You haven't heard much. Yeah. Wow. No, there, there is a resistance here. But it's minor because the people have gone crazy here. They're like lemmings on steroids. They want to jump off the cliff, you know. These people go crazy. Okay. The, 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 uh, the jacket I'm wearing here from this ranch, yeah. this ranch, they had to move out of, ta- out of California because they wouldn't insure it. That's how they make it into wild, rewild. They won't insure your ranch or your house and then... You have to leave because your house burns down. You have no insurance. That's their big trick here in California to drive people out. Uh, the friends who uh, basically sheltered us during the evacuation both times, they're gone now. This ranch is up, either up for sale or gone already. Hmm. Been following this banking thing? Boy, that's some pretty spooky things going on, uh, really. Uh, it, to me, it feels like... And I- I'm just, you know, in the cheap seats and the bleachers, but I understand this stuff pretty well, Adam. But um, it feels like they want the big banks to own it all. You know, the Chase and Goldman Sachs and JP uh, uh, Bank of America, Citibank, and all those, because they're allowing for unlimited insurance in those banks, right? FDIC, you can have a million dollars in there and you're insured. And all of the lower level banks, everything below, you know, the big banks, only $250,000 in 
insurance. Now, you and I don't have that issue because we don't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So we'll keep our money. We'll keep our money in the bank of Montecito, right? But they, 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 they want everybody, and people are pulling their money out of these community banks, putting them into the big banks, and they want to own it all, baby. They, I think they want it all. They're greedy. It's also an attack on Bitcoin. Oh, yes, sir. I agree. That's, yeah. that's a major thing because one of the banks, was it Silver Lake? Is that the one that, uh, that they got? It, it had money. It, it didn't have to be saved, but they put it out of business because they, they gave some kind of excuse for it. It wasn't oh, crashing. The, you mean it the Silicon Valley saved. Bank, the SVB Bank? No, the other one, oh. there, there were three banks. The second one was okay. The most woke one, weirdly enough, had plenty of money because Oprah, I think, no, she she invested in Silicon Bank. Silicon Bank. But uh, the one that they crashed didn't have to crash because it had the money to pay everybody off. Why did they crash that one? Here's also, an- you notice that the, uh, the, the thing they didn't want to talk about is... Uh, uh, to Israel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this fellow wanted to know what I'm not you... saying that... It, I, I, I'm not an anti-Semite, but Israel is a pretty woke country. Yeah, yeah. They're all woke up. I mean, they did about 12 of these injections, you know, just to... Crazy. They were a fiefdom of Pfizer, basically. Yeah. They made a deal with Pfizer to get paid a lot of money. Here's an email from Abe, or Abe, or maybe Abe. Hi, Patrick and Adam. Can Adam please comment on hypercapnia, a.k.a. excess carbon dioxide? I had to take a relative to the ER last year because she was having trouble breathing. She was retaining too much carbon dioxide. She became lightheaded, weak, and non-responsive. In her experience, carbon dioxide retention was lethal, was or is there any way to solve this getting the lungs to work again at home versus being on the ventilator to breathe for you? Carbogen. You have a tank with oxygen and carbon dioxide because oxygen will make you not breathe. Too much oxygen stops your breathing. So you want to actually, if you put more pressure in, you would use an oxygen tank with 5% uh, carbon dioxide in it. They knew that trick and saved pneumonia victims in the, in the 30s. And actually, they renamed it. They, they reinvented it because in the, uh, at the time of the American Civil War in Germany, they were giving people carbon dioxide baths, all kinds of carbon dioxide treatments. Then it got forgotten and reinvented in the 19, I'd say 1932 it was. You can find it in Popular Science Magazine. And they say all these people were dying of pneumonia. Now you just gave them a little shot of carbon dioxide with the oxygen, a trick they learned from the miners that was done in 1902. Miners would always have oxygen plus carbon dioxide to save their lives. By it varied from two percent to seven percent. Seven percent is a bit much for certain therapies. Five percent, three percent is probably ideal to get the breathing function going. Without carbon dioxide, there are creatures on this earth that can live without oxygen, but no creature can live without carbon dioxide. 
Not a single one. So if carbon dioxide, though, is good for us, this, this lady obviously went over the edge the, the other way and had too much and couldn't get rid of it, right? Yeah. Right. If they knew they had a problem, they should have a tank, a tank with carbon, with the oxygen and about maybe 5% carbon dioxide in it. That would save your life. But a lot of times, if a person can't breathe, you give them a, you put a bag up to them and actually retain carbon dioxide Generally, and it yeah. sets off the oxygen process i had no clue about this until i read a yoga journal one time and the, the article was so fascinating about carbon dioxide was what made us breathe not oxygen i reread that article five times i was so fascinated back I think I learned that in the 70s or mm -hmm. something. And uh, since then, Ray Pete, of course, has gone on and on about it. Wikipedia has a page on on, uh, on uh, carbogen, and now it's considered more of a psychological thing. But Scientific American has said when you get plain oxygen, you kill people's brains. Wow. Three articles in Scientific wow. American recently. Three that's the first, and that's what they you, put you on in the hospital, right? They give you. You bet. God, man. So yeah, they we we got to do that carbon dioxide thing like Ray P talked about sometime. I want to do that. It's on my list. It's on my to do list. I just haven't. I haven't got to it. You know, where you get a tank and you can get that bag and put it in there. It'd be fun to, just to feel it, see what it does. You know. I'm going to do it someday. And, and we know that the COVID didn't kill people. The hospitals nah, yeah, the did. hospitals killed Between Remvisidir and the ventilators. Their, uh, and the ventilators. So one of the words, they take your breathing away, basically, to do that, give you a drug, and they breathe for you. Then why does, what, 80% of people die on those ventilators? It's Duh. And they get more money when they die. Really good work if you can get it. Uh, what does Adam think this, this whole Trump uh, arrest thing is about have you looked into that you're always good well, at, at finding the dirty laundry in these things <laughs> yeah they, they're trying to put him out of that they don't want him to run right but here's the funny thing and i agree with scott adams you know the dilbert guy who's now in trouble for making some remarks that they say were racist which mm -hmm. really weren't uh but anyway he said that they've just elected trump because now he's the victim after after those tapes showing what really went on in the so-called uh oh i see uh, you know what happened january 6th basically j6 they right. call it now right. but but uh, by arresting him and making him a victim they made him president i mean yeah I, some <laughs> people are saying that yeah oh man his people are, are gonna they're gonna rally around that and they'll get more people to vote for him and and uh um, you bet you know yeah, so he'll become... The one good thing about Trump, he didn't get us in any wars. Yeah. That's why they didn't like him. And he got us out of the Paris Accord. That's right. Yes, he was a really bad guy when it came to Operation Warp Speed. He was. Michael Milk and all that stuff. But, uh, but I tell you, he at least uh, slowed down. Now, though, his, his idea for that futuristic city on federal land, that's Agenda 21. Oh, I've never heard, I haven't heard about that one. What does he want oh, to do? Oh, he wants flying cars on government oh, land, and we put we put 15-minute cities. He didn't call them that. Little cities where everything is available for you. It's going to be wonderful. You can walk every place. Well, that's Agenda 21, but he's going to have flying cars. Sure. But I'll tell you why they will never have flying cars, even though they have them right They do now. have them. I've seen they a company that – I've seen a video. They've got them. They work. They go up about but 50 feet, never, right, or something like that, or – 
they'll never legalize them for one reason. Ellen DeGeneres and other people do not want people flying over their homes. Oh, I mean the richies don't. They want a nude sunbathe, so they're not going to let them. So it's all <laughs> going to be controlled by AI. You, you will not have a dr driver's license. You will go up and be under the control of this car, what they call a car. To me, a car, you have the wheel. Right. You can do things. I come from a generation before seat belts, before smog devices, before all of that. I've actually played a trick on a friend of mine. We're driving down a dirt road. I jumped out of the car while I was driving. <laughs> Led him to struggle to get control of the car. We used to do things like that. We used to drive. Uh, I would uh, I would be working the gas and the brake pedal line down in the front on a convertible and my friend would be standing up in the back holding the steering wheel and he'd and he'd say brake hit Break. the gas and we'd drive down the road like that and get away with that kind of stuff can't do that now the joy of driving a car and taking turn corners and turns uh that's the fun of driving and, they want yeah, to take and, it away and make it a computer and, and uh especially if you got i had a little austin healy sprite in 69 and when you got the, the shift in five gears, man, I mean, you're talking about fun. Come on. That's fun. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. You know, that was the fun of it, of driving cars and taking road trips, mm -hmm. changing drivers without stopping by, by holding on the <laughs> wheel and doing that. We, we didn't stop for anything. And even, we didn't even stop. I had a car that had a hole in the back seat, a big hole. I've taken a dump out of that on the Oh, road. no kidding. <laughs> I haven't gone that Seriously. far, but I've I've had a lot of trips where I just pee in a in a in a thing and drink the pee. You know, I just do that. I've done that. <laughs> I've thrown it out the window, but one time it came back on my face. <laughs> <laughs> We're wacko, man. That's guys. That's funny. No, I've actually done that. You just drink the pee. I mean, you don't have to stop. You know, just just drink it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't hurt you. People get upset when. And I when I oil pull and swallow the uh, swallow, uh, swallow the oil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got we got to run because we have another interview coming up here. All a right. fellow guy about electric agriculture. But I want to do a couple more uh, emails and get a, get to him. What is Adam' opinion about niacin flush beneficial? Question mark. If I take five hundred milligrams of niacin and do the rebounder with the flush, five hundred milligrams. That's a lot. You flush like a big dog don't you with 500 milligrams if you take it on a regular basis you can eventually cause edema oh but uh, we have a resistance against it but the one thing you do is you reduce its effectiveness as a medicine if you don't take it regularly when you get poison no you can drop a thousand milligrams of that and 750 milligrams of vitamin C as a backup, and the poison oak, you won't get it. Uh, brown recluse spider, anything like that, you take two or 3,000 milligrams with three-quarter backup of vitamin C, and you won't get uh, the eating of the flesh from that kind of things. But, you, but if you take it regularly, the body gets used to it, and you can't do it, no matter if you take 10,000 uh, milligrams of it. So I recommend it 
to be kept in your medicine cabinet as I have it. It's in my medicine cabinet, <laughs> but I'm saving it for poison oak, for spider bites, for snake bites, for a whole bunch of emergencies. And what kind and of dose would you take? very beneficial. Like for a snake bite, what kind of dose would you take? 3,000. 3,000. 3,000. Three thousand and the backup. Uh, what's three times seven hundred and fifty milligrams of vitamin C? That that way you don't get uh, burst veins, and that has been uh, that the the backup has been specified by Donald Lay, by Carl Pfeiffer, by Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw, and by other people too. It's well known that you'll damage your liver with over a thousand niacin without the vitamin c is the backup so and the vitamin c is about important. half the dose of the, the niacin three quarters three quarters of the dose three quarters of the dose and the the vitamin c or the niacin is the flushing kind correct the flushing kind, the flushing yeah. kind. Uh, it, now <clears throat> every once in a while someone flushes on niacinamide but it's really rare mm -hmm. but you need to get the flush the flush is what's important and when you take them for third Therapy. I had a friend of mine took it, had some rice wine afterwards, and that activated it so much she fell on the floor and her teeth are chattering. Oh, Another my. friend of mine, same thing. So they brought Adano over. Adano, and he came over emergency. He looked down at her on the floor with her teeth chattering and said, good, good, and walked away. So we figured, well, we'll just let her chatter her teeth and get over it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, somebody didn't say this. Somebody says, uh, were you guys thinking of Salem, Oregon? No, not Salem. There's another thing. Oh, Ashland. It just came to me. Ashland. Ashland. Yeah, Ashland. Ashland. That's a cool place. That's what Definitely I was thinking. Definitely a cool place. Ashland. Okay, kid, we have to run. It's just so much fun talking to you. We had a great time. Uh, tell folks what you um, have there at Sunsink Nutrition and SolarTiming.com? SolarTiming.com, so that's where we have the books. And uh, a lot of other things. Come and check us out on uh, on SolarTiming.com. And then on Sunsink, that's where we have the, uh, for $99, you sign up and you get, you get videos. There's a whole bunch of things that's explained when you go to the site. And you join for $99, and that's it. You don't pay monthly. You don't pay yearly. You've, you're there, and then you're there. That's it. <laughs> okay, kid. You, you guys take care. Have fun, and we'll see you real soon. All right? Stay out of trouble. Thank you, Patrick. All right. May Thank the blessings you. be. Thank you. Good job. Adam Bergstrom, good, good guy. We are going to take a little break, and uh, we're going to be joined by David Weschler, and he... Uh, works with uh, electroculture, acceler accelerates and improves the growth of plants and systems using electrical and magnetic field-based technology. Pretty interesting. David Weschler, he is uh, going to be here real soon. David, I see you in, in the waiting room. Hi there. You, can you hear me? Hi there. You're looking great. I need to run downstairs and just grab a little bite of something, okay, because I'm just... Uh, beginning to lose it a little bit, and I'll, I'll be back in uh, nine minutes, okay, or less. So you hang there, you look great, and we'll see you in a minute. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. We're going to have some fun, and I, you know, the funny thing is, I have no idea what this is about. I, I just, I don't know, I just had this hit to, to, to have him on the air. Uh, it was the strangest thing, I'll tell you this story. 
So I don't know. I'm going to ask a lot of good questions because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Nothing. Zero. All right, kids, I'll see you in about now eight minutes. I just got to grab a bite of something, a cheese or something like that. And uh, stay right there. May the blessings be. See you. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.